What up artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity and you know maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. There. You there? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, man. I appreciate you doing this, show. Absolutely. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, so we tried to schedule it before. We were both in dad mode on Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Father's Day approaching now. Thank you, Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a uh, dance recital on Father's Day. So, uh, I think I'm going to be in... Uh, dead mode <laughs> i already know <laughs> so what's going on man how's it going with the uh second baby it's good just trying to you know find balance between my work and and home you know yeah to prioritize my family while still staying relevant <sighs> Yes, the the uh, the ever challenging balance thing. Mm-hmm. So let me set it off. So welcome to the RPS Me podcast. We have Andy Hines. He is a well. You know what? I'll let you describe what you do. I I feel uncomfortable describing what people do. To be honest, I'm a director first and foremost, filmmaker, known for music videos more than I am anything else, really. I'm I'm a creative guy, so I do a few different other creative outlets like photography and I tie-dye shoes on my own time. Shoes? Yeah. How does one tie-dye um, shoes? I hand-dye them. Canvas shoes? Yeah, canvas shoes. Okay. Converse, Chuck gotcha. Taylors. But uh, yeah, my uh, my day-to-day work, what I'm doing right now even before and after we chat is writing a treatment for a music video that hopefully we'll be making in a few weeks. Okay. I I owe a lot to my short, my career in short form filmmaking, music videos, TV commercials, things like that. Okay. So for the audience's sake, I was introduced to you through um, an event that uh, Alfred Burgesson helped uh he put me on to and you basically were generous with your time and a bunch of creatives from Halifax got a chance to present our work to you various kinds of work and you offered your feedback and as someone who's um achieved a lot of what a lot of us would really dream of achieving and I know for you it's it's relative it's relative you still have your goals that you're reaching for and everything else um but for us like we saw you as like whoa this dude made it and um it was it was much appreciated that you shared your time with us so with with that said how does one break the mold i would say would you say that like so you you told me the story i remember you told us a story about like 
how you met, um, how you got like your first video with ASAP Mob and those guys. Right. What, what would you say is like your big lesson from from like your career in general in that sense? Well, you have to be ready. You know, I was preparing well ahead of time for that opportunity for that moment to arise. I didn't know it'd be with them, but I knew an opportunity would arise, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to second guess what I do or, or what I had to be able to stand up and, you know, knock it out of the park. So I'd been practicing. And so, you know, I really believe in, you know, whatever your, uh, you know, medium is, if you're creative, you just need to be practicing. doesn't matter if other people are seeing it yet or whatever. I was practicing it doing, um, web content, like door to door. I was a door to door video salesman, essentially back home in Halifax, um, going around looking at people's websites and then going to visit them and basically consulting on how they could, um, present themselves in a more elevated fashion. So I did a lot of restaurants and things like that. And I'd make them a little short film, um, do some photography, this kind of thing. And I did it for, you know, a lot of restaurants. I did it a lot in the Halifax network. Um, And, you know, kind of the pinnacle for me was doing Pete's Fruitique. At that time, that was like, you know, to, to be doing their web content. Like, I'd, that was the last thing I'd done really before I went back to LA. And um, it was important for me because that all that material, that's where I cut my teeth. You know, I probably did 30 projects over um, maybe six months. And then all that work is what ended up, you know, that's all I had to show yams at the time was all this web content so you know wait a second let's rewind that back so asap yams got you to work with them based on like videos you did for local halifax restaurants and grocery stores yes yes (laughs) oh i i I love that shit which is what i'm always trying to tell these kids and everybody adults anyone that's trying to be creative that wants to be out there it's like it doesn't really matter that you think oh i gotta be in la i gotta be in new york gotta be in toronto it's not really like that you gotta just be doing good work and you gotta be making a lot of it Mm. so so you can actually be learning if it's a practical art that you that you do you're learning um the physicality of it how to actually make it so when the opportunity arises for you to do that huge mural in a in a in a building or something like that it's like okay well look this is something i can say yes to and seal the deal on and not say yes to and 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 mess it up because i'm i'm kidding them and i'm kidding myself because i don't know how to do this because i never put the practice in so you got to really be prepared you know and you got to really put the doubt and self-doubt 
and whether your work is good enough, you got to sort of put that in a little box and just forget about all that. Because if you're practicing and if you're really trying to learn and thinking about what you're trying to do, then you're going to get better each time. And that's why I try to tell people to focus on their failures as well. Mm. Because that's really where you learn. It's not what people are praising, praising you for. The, the, the places that went wrong or the things that you didn't get the missed opportunities. So why didn't I get to do that? How do I manage my time or my efficiency or, you know, from a filmmaking point of view, how do I not have missed opportunities next time I get out and I'm trying to do something big, Right. you know, That's- but yeah, I'm always trying to tell people like, especially back home, you, you should just be, you know, the internet is, is the lily pad. And, you know, the Maritimes happen to be a a very, very good place to hone your craft. Mm -hmm. And it's not for everybody to stay there and continue doing the, the making the art and doing everything that you love and then stay back home and just do it there for your community there. Um, I understand a lot of people want to go and take it to the, take it to the top and sometimes just out of, you know, circumstance, you have to move to a more metropolitan place. You know, for my work, I have to be in LA. Yeah. If the studio calls and says, Hey, look, we want you to do a music video for this new movie. You got to come watch the movie right now. (laughs) Um, And you're in Nova Scotia. Yeah. That, that can be, problematic it's like sure can i get there in four days well no we need to be seeing you know treatments in four days yeah okay so you see in that situation but you're not getting necessarily you're not having an opportunity like that arise while you're back home unless you've already done something that's gone international or global or big in the states Mm -hmm. so you know you can be back home and just be honing craft so that you're ready. So like one thing I know uh, I'm picking up from there is you, you seem to have this, whether it's real confidence or like a, a trained confidence where like say the knocking on the doors thing where you're, you know, you had that confidence to say you should work with me. Um, and you're continually putting out this work and continually working and allowing like allowing it to happen i'm finding like when i talk to people they're so afraid of putting themselves out in front of people that they get mm-hmm. yeah no i i had to learn and it was a trial by fire at first that um when i'm hired to direct a big project like i'm being commissioned to create some some art for some people that they have to like in the end because they're commissioning the project and um, you have to learn to, to be able to work with a lot of different people at the same time in a lot of different layers. Um, And you have to be uh, willing to take criticism that you may not understand where it's coming from at all because that criticism is, is based off factors that you're not aware of you know mm-hmm. uh and so you have to be able to take that note and say okay well uh i don't understand the context for this but if this is their only note um 
I'm going to figure out a way to work with this so that everybody's happy, you know? Right. So you have to be able to, you know, know when you're, when you need to be able to, you know, sort of stand down and not be concerned about that, that it's messing with your art um, because you've been hired to do something, but you have to be able to take criticism and you have to be able to, to work with, you know, difficult situations, um, complicated um, personalities. You know, you, you, you have a lot of different types of people that you end up working with. So you have to be, you know, I, I, I've always been open and I've always been the same with people. And so it took me a long time for me to be able to say no professionally. No to the right, the, the wrong type of projects? Both projects on a macro level and then no to the artist or an individual uh-huh. at a micro level. I was really concerned at the early start of my career that um, if I said no, people wouldn't call me back. Mm. So I had to really like, it would took a long, long time before I would say no, I was writing projects that were too poorly funded to fulfill the ideas that they wanted, you know? Yeah. And that's a very, that's a higher stress arena to work in where, you know, you have high stakes, but it's at a low cost and, and it can be uh, very difficult to, to manage those kinds of scenarios. And so, you know, I had to, I had to, seek confidence within myself to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I can't get you like the house on fire with the car driving by, um, and the like exploding barn behind (laughs) for the $20,000 that you have. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I want it too. I think it's a great idea. Anyway. Right. (laughs) What's that? the rookie move would be to try to do it and then it looks like shit and no sure. and then and then you get yourself in a situation where then it's like well where, why did this you know why did this go wrong or you know and that's a situation that i i really rarely find myself in yeah um because i i just i, I i'm also lucky that i write my work so you know, it's concepts that I've come up with. So I've really thought about the factors in a different way than if it was something that comes to me and it's not my idea. And if it has holes in it, now it's my job to try and fill these holes with things that the, you know, original writer or the artist, whomever, um, sometimes management, you know, want to maintain. Mm-hmm. So is that a stipulation in your projects now that you have to write the treatments and everything else? No, it's just how it goes. Oh, okay. Um, Now it's more me being solicited for ideas that I, that I write and direct. Mm. And that's, would you say, because you've, so you've, you've put your stamp on things and people want, they're not wanting your voice specifically. Um, yes, I think that's a part of it, but also as projects get bigger, they go out on a wider ask to multiple directors and, and I don't know if it's really necessarily budget dependent, but I just have less scenarios now where I have an artist that comes to me and says like, Hey, I want a project on a plane and you know, this is what's going on on the plane, you know? Mm. 
Um, I'm writing on projects where there's many people often, sometimes it's just a single bid directly to me. I'm the only director working on it. And then sometimes 20 directors have already written on it and they've all been declined. And then I write on it and get it. Jeez. Damn. It's a, it can be a very wide scenario of how these things come about. You know, sometimes it's just directly right with the artist, and sometimes it's, you know, through the label. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, are also, you know, you'll go out for a drink with someone and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm writing on that video too. And that's where I guess that benefit of being in LA too would help because you, you just by chance could be meeting people in the industry. There's definitely a lot of people out here, you know, working on entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every cafe is a sea of laptops. <laughs> Jeez, I can only imagine everyone's got a screenplay and everything else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who would you say is more difficult to you like your small business mom and pop clients or like your music star um what's interesting about that is that uh it can be equally difficult on either end i've had totally the same notes (laughs) you know on a on a project in halifax that that i've had from big artists yeah same style like you know same tone mm-hmm. That's but it. um yeah you just have to work with people you gotta be diligent like you can't you, you gotta write it shoot it you know cut it get it to them let them sign off on it grade it do a sound mix whatever you need to do and get it back to them you gotta like really be on top of it because as a young artist, if you're trying to become a professional in that medium that you're doing as a creative, then you have to be professional about it because at the end of the day, I I truly believe that no matter how good you are at something, and this isn't the eighties and nineties anymore. Like if, if you're, if you're not delivering at the end of the day, like people won't work with you again based off that, even if the, the video does really well or whatever like they can get awards off something else they can get other projects going with other people so you have to really close you know Mm -hmm. so like you said you were writing a treatment for someone who doesn't know but maybe they're interested in getting into film what exactly is a treatment the treatment is a presentation it's a pdf document that presents your ideas, images, any information about the project that you're trying to convey. Uh, you, you used to have words like sentences and, you know, text in these documents, but now people don't, um, people don't really read anymore. So one, one or two sentences and then your images and that kind of thing. Hmm. Have you ever been concerned about people stealing your treatment idea, like a client that you're presenting to and then giving it to someone else to shoot? 
No, that happens. Oh. That happens. That's can depending on things. Sometimes that can be common. Mm. Damn. But uh, it's very tricky to bother with pursuing any kind of confrontation or litigation or anything like that. You don't want to, there's no point. It's just ideas. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to tell someone about it in a restaurant or bar or in a hallway or an elevator, then expect it to pop up somewhere. Mm. And, 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 and if, if, if that's the case, then that's, you know, that's how it goes. But ideas are, are free. Yes. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like it's, it's, um, you have to sell the idea to the client. So it's either sell it the best your ability or pull the punches and not get the job. Exactly. Hmm. Did you go to school for this? I went to film school in LA. Ah, okay. Got you. Um, I went to, I went to King's college and Dalhousie in Halifax. Okay. Shut out. Yeah. My alma mater's, uh, I love King's college. Oh, um, okay. but, uh, then I, then I, cause there was no film production school in, in the Maritimes. And I want, I knew I wanted to do production. I didn't want to do theory and do that. Mm-hmm. It's important. You do that on your own time. If you want to be a filmmaker, you should read about it and all that. But, um, I applied out to AFI in LA and uh, was declined the first, first time. Mm. Um, And then uh, was admitted the second time. And it's the only school I applied to. It's the only school I really wanted to go to. So was willing to apply until they accepted me. I had the same interviewers the second year and gave them the same answers. They laughed. They were like, we remember you. <laughs> I was like, nothing's changed from last year to this year. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I came out here and did my master's in directing for a couple of years. All right. And then, uh, was back home for a couple of years, which is when I got into all that web content. And then, uh, got my paperwork to come back and have a crack at working in the States. Gotcha. And that's when I connected with Yams a couple of years, a couple of years later, a couple of years of really trying to get that first opportunity. Everybody want now, especially, I mean, this is five years ago, but now even five years later, everybody wants it, you know, today. Mm. And it just doesn't really work like that. Yeah. You gotta be patient. Tell why you nope. tell that story because I I love that story. I found it very inspirational. About uh, connecting with him. Yeah. Well, a friend saw he was on Twitter saying need a director in LA, and they sent my work over to him, and then didn't hear anything. A couple of weeks later, he tweeted it again, and my friend sent my link over again, and he looked at it, and it was just all that web content. And restaurant, you know, cooking videos, an Italian restaurant with like their, their, their best dish, like a a process video of seeing it getting cooked and then landing on the table 
at the end of it, you know, this is, I mean, he definitely would have got hungry off watching my reel. Um, and, and, and then he actually called me, you know, so I hopped on my bike and rode down to downtown to see, a, see him and aunt YG Addy and, um, pitched them this idea. And then we shot it the next day in my driveway. Wow. You shot then, the um, video or like a treatment? No, shot. We just, they said, you know, we want you to do this video. We just need it tomorrow. <laughs> and which is what brings me back to my original point about preparation. Be ready. And, and <laughs> the importance of being ready. Jeez. Um, you know, so I, uh, shot a video for them the next day and, um, you know, Yams and Rocky loved it. So they introduced me to Ferg and then that's how the Shaba video came around. And by Shaba video, he means the Shaba video of ASAP Ferg. So I mean, that shit was legendary. I ain't gonna lie. Um, yeah, that was a special time. Yeah. I mean, and, you yeah. know, rest in peace to Yams and also the, um, the vision of him to be able to jump from like seeing your work in that context is saying, okay, I can see how this will work for what I'm going for with the mom is that you don't get many people who have that kind of vision. No, he was, uh, I miss him. Uh, he, he was a really special person who, you know, he introduced me to people I'm still friends with. And, um, yeah. Jeez. And so, like, would you say that that was your big break, or did you have some like bigger breaks before that? No, that was definitely the the way I got into the industry. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's how video commissioners and labels found out about me. Um, was through doing the Shaba video. Mm-hmm. That was really my my first my first big video. Gotcha. And you worked with Logic uh, more recently. Yeah, that's one of my favorite, if not favorite, collaborator. He's just the best. What's it we like? Have to talk about a lot. Like, yeah, he seems like a great dude. I was introduced to Logic by the video commissioner at Def Jam. Oh, okay. And she just felt like we would get along personally. And yeah, he he's one of the best, though. Just incredible to work with. We don't really have to talk about it a lot. He just sort of tells me um, he, he's actually one of the only artists that I work with who gives me kind of a, a direction, you know, for 1-800. All, all he really said was that he wanted to tell the story of a young black kid in junior high who's like conflicted with his sexuality and and that was basically it and so went off and I wrote that story and brought it back and he signs off on it and we went and made it and it's like one of the biggest videos I've done you know and he was on tour at the time like he wasn't even on set like that's trust you know and that that's something that I try and have with the artists that I work with is that they they understand how much I, I'm there to support their art, you know, with more great art. 
Mm. Like, do you find that sometimes maybe it's hard for them to, to get that? Maybe you're looking for the same, you're all on the same team. You, you think that maybe they think you're going after a different agenda at times? No, it, it's not really able to work that way mm. because they sign off on the ideas. Ah, okay. Okay. So I present an idea and then they sign off on it or they don't. Gotcha. So when, when you're watching something that I've made, many, many, many people have signed off on, on uh, that coming to life off the page. Mm. I see, I see. And you mentioned before about the importance of like taking, uh, going away from like the artist, but like having a team that you trust. So you, you said you tend to work with some of the same people on a consistent basis. <clears throat> yeah, I work with mostly the same people for the last five years. My, my cinematographers, both I went to school with them. We've been working together for 11 years. Okay. Yeah. So, but I've been I've been a professional for five years. You know, I've been like really training for ten years prior to that. You've only been a professional. Well, yeah, that Shabba Ranks video was not that long ago. Two thousand thirteen. That's crazy, man. Six years. I'm in my sixth year. Crazy. <laughs> wow. Did you, oh, you know what? Did you end up coming to Halifax for that remix project thing? No, I wasn't able to because I have my newborn. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah. How's the uh, yeah. sleeping through the night going and all that? Amazing. She wakes up once. I'm very blessed with, you know, we have two beautiful baby girls. Uh, how's wifey um, handling the, the new change? um she's she's great she's she's an icon i don't know how she does it like i'm baffled <laughs> i'm in i'm in awe like to be honest this baby was she was in labor for an hour and she gave birth <sighs> and she just took her first job took on her first job since having her so like you know so she back six, to the six, hustle? Six, seven weeks. She's back to the hustle. Gee. Oh, man. She's, she's busier than me. Props to her, man. Big time. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where um, I've had people ask me, like, you know, how do you do certain things in terms of, like, your family and all of that, but like, you just do it. Like they don't, they just make it worth it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think in society, we don't talk enough about like, we celebrate mother's day, but like men until they've found someone that they want to have a child with and then go through that process. I don't, I don't know. It's like, uh, I thought I'd had all the big, life experiences like that you you know I found someone I got married and then you know then having a child it's like opens up a whole new realm of emotional experience mm. and I felt before that I was somehow 
I was like thinking I experienced a lot. Like what else is there? You know, it's a very, I think it's a common young male perspective. Yeah. Seen it all, done it all. And then you have kids and you're like, whoa. Yeah. I'm really in this, uh, feeling really blessed. I've tried to streamline my work. Like I used to sit at my workstation and I'd spend a lot longer writing something. Now I front load everything and I just think about it out in the world. I just think and think and think on it. And then I step in and then I write it in like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Instead of spending six hours sitting there and then writing it, you know, I'm off that. I don't, I don't understand it, but but the way you actually, the way you said it makes it (laughs) articulates it really well, but because the so-called success I've had with my brand, really, I didn't start doing any of this stuff until after my kid, my first kid was maybe a newborn. I don't know. And it was, it was an insane time to start, but there's something about that now I had to be more de- deliberate about what I was doing with my business. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's so strange. You know, I would, I think, yeah, I think there's like studies that talk about how finding a partner for your life turbo boosts your interest and level of success. And then, having children further boosts your level of success because I I think, I think it certainly for myself, it clarified a lot of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so through clarity, of course, as any Hollywood guru or whomever would say like, you know, through clarity, you're, you're going to find success both in inward and outward. Mm-hmm. Like then you can get all the rest of it out of the way. You're like, nope, this doesn't matter to me. Oh, these people aren't actually friends. If anything, they're acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this. See ya. Right. And you're like, oh damn, I've been telling people I've been oh, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm busy? No, you're not busy. You're dealing with all this crap that you don't need to be dealing with. With a bit of clarity, you're like, nope, I just bought all this time back. Where am I going to put it? I'm going to put it into like furthering myself and furthering my family. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's something that only ever comes out of like getting a little older, like just hopping out of your twenties and crossing in your thirties, where in my opinion, you really get to take everything you've been trying to figure out in your twenties and then put it into action. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you get to boost that again in your forties if you're still kicking, if you're blessed enough to still be kicking. <laughs> Scared of those, but, you know, gotta, gotta do it. Um, yeah, like I, it's, if it wasn't, and that's the other thing, like there are days, I'm not going to lie. Like there are days where I'm like, man, I wish I had more time to do just devote to my yeah. Uh yeah. But at the same time, I've, as I've like really looked into mental health and really started to pay attention to wellness a little better, 
I really have come to appreciate that how my family is good for me in terms of stopping me from working too much because if it wasn't for them, I would just be on my computer 24 hours a day, probably, or painting or totally making something. (laughs) And I'd be a mess right now, a complete mess. I got a dog when I first moved to LA. I needed the responsibility. It was just amazing. Such a great tune up. Mm. I was living on, you know, living on my own, had a dog, had to take care of her, responsible for her, took her everywhere. Yeah. In LA, it's kind of nice that you can actually do that. You can take a dog everywhere. It's crazy, actually, like on a restaurant patio. Makes no sense. And uh, <laughs> so I just did. Mm. She was with me 24-7. She didn't make a lot of fuss, but I learned responsibility out of that. Yeah. I guess you like you're forced to get out and take her for a walk and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. 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 And then that ends up being good for you because then you got out on a walk thinking you were doing the dog a favor. Yeah. Yeah. So Andy, that's, uh, if, is there any final piece of advice you would uh, like to give to anyone? No, I just really wanted to have this conversation with you because, um, you know, I like what you're doing. I like, you know, the, the work you're making. I just want to try and connect, you know, with more people like yourself, where I'm from and where we're from, we're from out, out there that need the inspiration. Mm-hmm. You, you know, know what? And need some guidance because, like, <clears throat> I'd like to, I'm actually willing to offer my you know, my time and experience and what I've learned with people back home, because, you know, like I said, there isn't a film production school or anything back there. So I'm trying to do a workshop back there in Nova Scotia for filmmaking. And it might also have some other, it'll have aspects of all the different departments in film. So people can work on different things but it's something I'm trying to do more of in the Maritimes because there's a lot of amazing voices out there that need to be heard. So I'm just trying to get them to tap in and realize they don't have to be anywhere else to do it. Yeah. And that right there is absolutely why I'm doing this in a lot of ways too, man. It's just, I, the amount of talent I've met since being here is is insane. And yeah. it's a shame that more people don't know about. Yeah, it's it's there is there is a lot. A lot of people out there also like it that way too. So they like just making art for the community back home. Yes. Doesn't need to be they're not their happiness is not elevated by going viral. Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't experience in LA. Um, so I try and stay tapped in with the people that I've always been close with back home that that do just that, which is make make art for our friends back home and the music and film community back home, and don't aspire to go global. Hmm. And you know 
I always check in on them because these are the people that I get inspiration from in my work. I don't reference other music videos. Um, I, re I reference real life or books, art books, other artists, but I really stay inspired by a couple of my good friends back home that, you know, they're doing it for themselves and for their local scene, which is very cool. Is that, is that why, like you mentioned the, the tie dyeing shoes and I, I've seen like little things that you've been making here and there on Instagram. Is that why you make those? You just kind of stay making? Well, I, yeah, I guess I, you know, I don't paint or anything, but I, I, yeah, it became an outlet for me a couple of years ago. My wife knew I wanted to get into tie dyeing because I lo always loved to wear tie dye clothing, but I never had made it. And she got me a tie dye kit for Christmas. And then I started to dye socks and shirts and then started to do some Converse Chucks, Chuck Taylors. And, uh, and then I guess because I was really my level of enjoyment and commitment to it then was reflected in it. And some people really like it. Some people aren't into it, but they weren't into it before I came around. So they're not going to be into it now. Mm -hmm. um, but for the people that are into it, they're really into it. Right. And so, you know, Converse starts to support me, you know, with the Chucks, but they're just, they're not for sale. You got to send me a trash pick before and after of a beach cleanup or something in your neighborhood and then you get your chucks dope yeah so that, yeah a little purpose purpose led uh project yeah, i like that i like that <laughs> but uh i'll be back uh, in nova scotia this summer so we'll connect out there and and uh i'll see you soon though i'm gonna run i gotta uh, get back to uh writing yeah, go do your thing. Um, I really appreciate you uh, hitting me up and uh, call me anytime. Thank you, man. This has been dope. And I will let you know when the episode is up. Cool. Good Good luck editing. <laughs> Thanks. Get rid of all my arms. <laughs> all right, man. Peace. Thank you all so right, much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.